Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. It's a company interview in today's programme. Aureus Mining is developing various gold properties in West Africa, in Liberia, Cameroon and Sierra Leone. It trades on both AIM and the TSX under the ticker symbol AUE. It has a market cap of about 100, 100 million pounds or $160 million dollars. Um, its high for the year was about £1.17, and its low for the year was about 60p. Um, it has a large cash position, uh, which we'll be finding more about in just a moment. And its boss is geologist David Redding, formerly of European gold fields, which went from about $2 to $16. Uh, so, David, uh, welcome to the programme. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. I was a, a shareholder in European Goldfield, so uh, thank you very much for that. And, um, but let's, let's uh, talk about Aureus. Why don't we start, David, with a, with a kind of overview of the company, what you're doing and how the company came about. Good day, Dominic. Yes, uh, thank you. Um, Aureus uh, really was a spin-out of African Aura, in April of this year and the philosophy really was uh, to end up with a company with gold assets exclusively and a company with iron ore assets and so that's how Aureus was born. Aureus's assets are in Liberia and Cameroon as you mentioned uh, and our flagship asset really is New Liberty deposit which has one and a half million ounces of gold grading about 3.8 grams and our primary objective this year is, first of all, to take that through to definitive feasibility study, and secondly, to see how many more ounces we can find around New Liberty or within our mining licence, which covers 457 square kilometres. OK, just explain what definitive feasibility means. In simple terms, it's taking a project to the point where you've essentially de-risked it in the sense that you've done enough drilling to understand what the resources are and what reserves are and that you've got a accuracy of plus minus 15% in all your cost estimation and all your resource and reserve estimation. In other words, you know you, you know you know you can build a mine, you know whether you can build a mine, you know how much it's going to cost, you know what your recovery rates are going to be and so on and so forth. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's used by banks for financing and it's used by boards to make a development decision uh, and also it's used by the company and anyone investing in the company to, to understand uh, what the value of the project is. Okay, now... Um how much is this going to cost you? What, 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 are your, what are your costings over the next year or two, and, and what's your current cash position? Well, we raised $40 million in early May, and we inherited $10 million from the parent company after the split. Uh, we now have $44 million in cash, 
and by the end of the year we'll probably have something in the region of 25 million in cash. So we're spending approximately 20 million or so or just over this year on feasibility, costs, all the drilling to do with the feasibility and then the exploration work we're doing on four or five areas where we're trying to drill out and find more resources. And the when are you targeting production? 2013, is that right? 2013, second half of 2013. If we um, get our feasibility finished on time, which we're very confident we will, and we make a development decision with the board and we order the long lead items uh, in early Q2, we should make that deadline. Okay, let me ask you about Liberia. What are the uh, issues there? It's obviously got a bit of a history. Yes, historically the country, I suppose, was infamous for Blood Diamonds and uh, Charles Taylor. Uh, Since 2003, you've had a UN peacekeeping force in there. And then from 2006, a democratic government, and it boasts Africa's first female president, political system is identical to the United States with senators and a legislature. Uh, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, the president, has encouraged $18 billion of direct foreign investment. She's managed to write off all the historical debt of $4.7 billion. And you've got some of the big iron ore players in, like Arsenal Metal, have just gone into production. BHP are in the country. Uh, Syme Derby are there for palm oil, firestone for rubber, and a swath of exploration companies, including ourselves, Hummingbird, Adamus. Uh, it's a country that, coming off a low base, but it has very exciting growth indicators in terms of GDP growth, uh, and it's made a success story out of itself in the last five or six years. Now, why don't you tell us, uh, David, about your history? Because uh, you've found and built mines successfully before, and uh, there are many people in this game who haven't. Uh, so you, you, you have a certain uh, uniqueness in that, that respect. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I've been lucky enough in my career to be uh, a founder member of Rand Gold Resources, and I was responsible for running exploration. So... Uh, although you can never exclusively hold your hand up and say it was only you, I was instrumental in the Marilla discoveries, uh, the Lulu discoveries, the Tongon discovery, and subsequently uh, a lot of the resource development that took place in European gold fields. Do you think Aureus is undervalued? Yes. And I know that every CEO says his company is undervalued, but I think that uh, we were born at the wrong time. Uh, we have mineable ounces, which I think is very important in this business. We also have a grade profile that is uh, significantly higher than the average grade profile of most of our peers or competitors in the West African sector. So. They're developing resources in the in the one to two gram range, and we're developing resources in the three point eight gram range to four point two gram range. So, in answer to your question, yes, we are undervalued significantly, probably because we were born or split at the wrong time, 
Uh, well, when you say the wrong time, just because of where the markets were. Where the markets have gone to, really. But, I mean, there's a lot of inherent value. We have a pre-feasibility study that says that 1,100 gold on a pre-tax basis, we had a net present value of 234 million just for New Liberty without taking into account uh, all the exploration upside. Okay, why don't you tell us about some of that exploration upside? I know you're staking land like crazy uh, close to New Liberty. When I say close, I mean, well, up to 50 kilometres away, aren't you? Yeah, we, we're lucky enough to have inherited or have a mining licence, Class A mining licence, covering a, a large area of 457 square kilometres. In that mining licence, um, because of the history, I guess, of the company and its jurisdiction in the past, there's virtually been no exploration work done. So you've got a large swath of land, New Liberty's opened in all directions, and then you've got to go 30 kilometres up the road to Weiju, uh, where early drilling has hit values of up to an ounce a tonne, but needs a lot more drilling. Uh, we recently made... An ounce a tonne is bonanza, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's 31 grams a tonne. Yeah. <laughs> and and we, we, you've got to go another 10 k's up the road from there at Indablama, where we've had you know exciting intercepts of up to 70 metres at 2.2. And, you know, we discovered that only six or eight months ago. So what you've got here is a property uh, which has huge exploration potential, uh, lots of gold occurrences and virtually no drilling. And presumably if you build a mill at New Liberty, you can truck off from all your other properties should there you find something significant there. Yes, good question. I mean, I think our primary objective would be to get into production and, and develop Liberia's first commercial gold mine and size the mill and the plant a little bit in excess of what we have at New Liberty so we can feed in satellites. You know, at Weiju, with those sort of grades, there wouldn't be any problem with trucking. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more we find, uh, the more we'll either truck or... It, we may build another plant somewhere yeah. else. But, I mean, you know, a company that can go into production quickly and then quickly get to a mid-tier level, oh, I think is an attractive proposition for investors. I think uh, at the moment, this is just my general comment on uh, on the mining industry, I just think with gold at $1,850, $1,900, you just got to start producing the stuff however you can because that's not going to last forever. I mean, I'm a gold bull, as everyone knows, but it's not going to last forever. Yes, I couldn't agree more, Dominic. I think that um, I'm also a gold bull, but you know, we've both been around this business long enough to know it's cyclical. Uh, gold is, is at an all-time high, and uh, you know, cash is king. And I think you know, gold will always move up and down according to people's perception of, of, of risk and the need to hedge against it. Mm-hmm. Tell us about, I've got two questions I want to ask you. Firstly, just tell us about the infrastructure around New Liberty and, and uh, um, you know, the cost of the mine and, and, you know, the roads, the water, all that kind of thing. Yes, we're very lucky in the sense that uh, Monrovia has a deep water port, that's the capital of Liberia. We're only 100 kilometres north of the capital, 80 of which is a fantastic tarmac road, which is the highway to Sierra Leone. 
and then we've built our own dirt road which is only 20 kilometers off that highway so in addition to having that great access uh, we've also checked all the bridges on that road there's about five we'll have no problem transporting mining equipment mills to site and you can get from the port to site in about two two and a half hours so in a West African context, this is a project that can be built relatively quickly. On the capital side, uh, the pre-feasibility study basically says that the capital cost is about $100 million. Uh, a lot of people have said, well, that seems quite low. But I think the, the case here is that because you've got high-grade ore, your plant doesn't need to be so big and uh, you you are benefiting from the fact that you know your throughput is is almost double what the west african average is at the moment in terms of gold content and um do you have a rough targeted price per ounce the pre-feasibility study approximates around $500 an ounce. I suspect it might go up a bit, but we're still looking at less than 600 all in, I should think, which is very competitive. I think uh, lower quartile cash costs in the mining industry, the gold mining industry at the moment, are approximately in the $700 range. Now, um, you mentioned a hundred million dollars to build the mine and you're going to spend 20 million dollars between now and the end of the year um you've got 44 million so presumably you're kind of you've got enough cash to get you through what the next year or two certainly as an exploration company i i think that we will obviously need to go back to the market or look at the to, towards banks or alternative debt structures for financing the project uh, although a hundred million dollars to finance a hundred to 125,000 ounce producer is, is is not a lot of money and we have a lot of big uh, institutional shareholders that will be keen to support this project 100 to 125,000 ounces that's that's the those are the kind of levels you're talking about yes that's the target to start uh, let me just uh, I'm not sure how aggressively you can reply to this but uh, uh, there's a kind of would you agree that a hundred thousand ounce um, producer in the five to six hundred uh, um, the, the five to hundred six five to six hundred dollar per ounce range you can justify a billion dollar market cap on in that in that kind of yes yeah it certainly looks that way from what I've seen at the moment uh, from comparing ourselves with other peers who are doing that and I think that that will be our first step is to move the company towards that value by mm -hmm. going into production uh, the second objective is to see if we can find another mine as quickly as possible so we can double production okay um, a couple of questions for you David what percentage of management own of the company approximately a percent in okay. total uh, plus uh, quite a large number of options I think in the range of about 8 million, 9 million options in total. Do you mind if I ask you what price those options are at? Uh, those options are at a price of $1.55 uh, or 
as you mentioned at the beginning, approximately one pound seventeen. So, so they're slightly out of the money. They're out of the money at the moment, and our objective is to make sure that uh, we get them back in the money, so that we add more value to shareholders, and that we can also participate. In, that. in, in other words, your your interests are aligned with those of the shareholders. We, we are very aligned. <laughs> um, the, the share structure of the company, would, can you describe that to me? Yeah, we have 117 million shares in issue and approximately 10 million options at the moment. Um, we Basically, you could say that the major shareholders hold about 50% of the stock. So we're lucky enough to have all the big uh, institutions, both sides of um, the Atlantic involved. Who are your, go and throw a couple of names at me. Well, I guess BlackRock and JP Morgan uh, on this side, Macquarie out of London as well, Investec out of South Africa, and Sprott Goodman and RBC and McKenzie out of um, Toronto. So the guys who know their stuff? Yeah, they, they, they all know their stocks and I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of them in the past and I've made the money. Okay, that's a nice position. To, uh, yeah, they trust you. Yeah. Um, now, bizarrely, your stock is more liquid on AIM than it is on the TSX. Uh, should we discuss that for a moment? Well, I think the TSX main board listing... I say bizarrely because normally AIM is illiquid. Yeah. Right. Well, I think, I think the company was relatively liquid as African Aura, so there are a lot of supporters of the company in London. Uh, I think that the... Uh, percentage of the stock in London is probably still 60, 65%. So, you know, the stock in Canada is, is less and we need to build that liquidity there uh, through through more marketing and, and through further transactions, I suspect, in the future as we go to finance the mine. Have you got any newsletters and analysts covering you? Yes, we're lucky enough to have four at the moment, uh, with some pending as well. So Evolution is covering us, RBC, GMP and Claris. Okay, those yeah. are the analysts and the, the newsletters, you're, you're still courting them. Right, the newsletters we're courting, those are the analysts. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is me. And uh, I, I mean, I, I have to say, David, uh, I, I really like this story, and um, I think you already know this, but I, I put a big bid in the market in the summer, and it missed by a penny. So uh, at the moment, I'm not a shareholder, but it, it, it is it is on my list to buy on pullbacks. Uh, you've had a good run since the summer. You had 60p in the summer, and it went up as high as 90p uh, a week or so ago. So, um, but uh, you, you've you've got higher. Higher goals than that. I think. I think right now is 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 a pullback opportunity, and I think that um, as more people begin to understand the story, I think we're going to have additional uh, institutional investors come into the stock and try and take bigger positions. But at the moment, they've got to buy in the market because you don't need to raise any cash. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, David. Is there anything I've missed that, uh, that you'd like to mention? No, I think I think what I I would give people is is a perspective that uh, in Aureus you have a company to invest in which has got excellent grade, and as we know in the gold industry, uh, grade is king. Uh, you also have a company 
to invest in that, that has a strong uh, following in London uh, and is developing a strong following in Canada. And we have a board of directors that has a track record in West, West African discovery, development and production, which doesn't just include me, it includes David Netherway uh, and Adrian Reynolds, who was with Rangold all his life, uh, and Martin White, who was with Ashanti. Excellent stuff. Well, uh, David Redding, it's, it's a, a real pleasure um, talking to you. And, and uh, the website is aureus-mining.com. Um, and what I'll do is I'll put a PDF uh, of your latest presentation up on the homepage so people can download that. Um, I think that's all there is to say. So, is David Redding, thank you very much. Dominic, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 